0: Are we ready? Third pot of the week. Right, it's England against Wales this weekend at Twickenham. I love this fixture playing in it. It means so much to the fans. I am joined by none other than Justin Tipperick, blue-headed scrum hat, Welsh legend, 93 caps. Tips, how are you, mate?
2: Yeah, good thanks to anybody. Hanging on in
0: there. Obviously, the weekend's result didn't go Wales' way. However, they had an unbelievable comeback the second half. And then heading to Twickenham, well, firstly, as a Welsh perspective, I I, mean, I loved going to the principality like it was the absolute game of all games. Do the Welsh players look forward to coming to Twickenham? Is that one of your favourite stadiums to go and play? Because one of our favourites always is
2: going to principality and trying to win. I think any Wales England game is pretty passionate. Also, when you can win away, it's probably a little bit more special because probably not expected to win away. And you see a lot of disappointed English fans when you do win in Twickenham and probably does make it a little bit more special as well but not too many of them have, have happened in my time but when they have it's, it's it has been a special occasion and any Welsh fan will tell you we could lose all the other games but if we get one good win in Twickenham that's like winning the Six Nations for us which is pretty bonkers. It's unbelievable isn't it but you're right because
0: actually Although we've, we've had some cracking games over the over the years and the principality has been unbelievably hard for us to go and get result and, and some of my favourite wins has been there. The, the one where Elliot scored in the corner it stands out for me was one of my favourites and then we've had some absolute horror shows there as well. I was actually reminiscing turn about how in 2013 when you uh, galloped on that right-hand corner and put Cuthbert away, mate, and, and broke many English hearts that day as you romped home to a Six Nations title. But you played at uh, Twickenham four times because we don't count 2015, mate. I, I just don't remember well, that ever happening. Not, uh,
2: uh, it's a tough place to go Twickenham you've got a good set piece now and you've gone back to basics and it's uh, very difficult when, when England are like that when we've had our joy in the past we manage to have a bit of go up front and it gets us into the game but back to the old England ways
0: it is a little bit I reckon though in 2015 right had there been a stop clock for the goal kicking right Biggs would have ran over every bloody time, mate. <laughs> with all this twitching and flicking and like yeah. brushing stuff off his shoulders and all that, mate. So actually there should have been 20 minutes of extra time <laughs> which we would have then definitely won. But anyway, we won't talk about it anymore. anymore.
2: <laughs> um, and the other... We're the, the fitness other, team in the world, man.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, when Gats used to speak about that and obviously publicly he would talk about that and it was something that was well known within like the rugby circle that Wales pride themselves in their fitness. Like, they never go away and all that. And that's one thing that England are fully aware of like Wales like you always are in the game always I mean there's no game I can think of when I played Wales where we've actually won convincingly you've just always hang in there is that something you generally believed as players or is that something that you just sort of let gats run with and and stuff because you
2: spoke about it a lot right no we did and to be fair we trained like that as well um, you must have heard of some of the things that we did in training. I don't know, if you look back at some of the sessions we had now and the places we had to go just to get out to those sessions, you could see it was like a mental battle as well as a physical battle. With got. you wanted to see who could dig in the deepest and not give up easy and they take that onto the pitch and, and that was the biggest thing. You started to believe it, the places you had to go to just in the training session. You know, when a game came, it was probably easier than some of the training sessions we did. So he gave us the confidence that we could play that way and... Sometimes um, in the pre-World Cup games, we were still so fatigued going into the game. Your legs are just, you know, lactic acid, like mad really. But he didn't mind that. He wanted us to just feel our feeling. And obviously by the middle of the World Cup, you kind of start freshening up, which is crazy. Let me bring in Tom. Tom Fordyce.
0: Nice to see you, Ben. Nice to see you, Tips. You're back again, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. Weird week for Wales, eh? Yeah, it is a bit weird for Wales, I guess,
1: isn't it? Obviously after that very strange loss to Scotland, where the camera cuts to Warren Gatland... And he had his arms folded and he had an expression on his face (laughs) that made me wonder what he was going to say to the players. Now, the second half was obviously much better and arguably Wales should have gone on to win. But knowing Gats like you do, what's it going to be like in the Wales camp this week? And what do you think he will have said about that game? Because it was almost like two completely different games. So is Gatlin the sort of man who focuses on the negatives? And we'll talk about all the things that went wrong in the first 43 minutes. Or will he flip it around and think this is a young squad? I'm going to talk to them about all the good stuff that happened
2: 43 minutes to 68 minutes. I think he'd be pretty ruthless at the start, to be fair. Yeah, he wouldn't be happy with that. I'd imagine he would have gone in half-time and told him a, a thing or two, shall we say. And um I think he'd probably touch on a bit of both, knowing Gatch, he'd probably start off saying how bad it was and he won't be afraid to call out a few individuals like he does. And then he'll touch on the positives and to say, the show's what we can do. Um, And when we do it, this is the way we do do it as well. What was the best response you ever got from Warren Gatland after a game like what was the game
1: and what was the performance
2: to be fair you always just to dread like a Monday going back into camp because we we got to go home after the games and uh, if you had a bad loss you always used to dread a Monday because you just knew you know you you sit in those meetings and you're just hoping not to get called out because uh, you, you are there and you're like please not today not today not today Um, and it's been one or two times where you're like we're getting an absolute rollicking today and you know he's come in he's calm and you know, he's responding in other ways. But then there's other ways where we've won good games and he's come in and given us a rollicking. So you, you just never know with him. That's the one thing I can say we got It's like, you just never know. And he just tries to get responses out of people in different ways. And he's got a scary side of him as well. And um, if he's not happy, he won't even say good morning to you some mornings. And you're like, oh my God, what have I done wrong today? It's strange because sometimes
0: like you have games. I've never seen a game like, like in terms of Wales. They were polar opposites first half to second half, right? And how much would that be? Because there's a young team, right, Tips? There's a young team out there. And how much would it have been at half-time? Lads grabbing hold of it. And how much would it have been Gats and, and I suppose, the other coaches? Because
2: Gats has seen it all, right? Obviously, there has been a lot of experience lost. And you just knew if it was in that situation, Biggs would have been the first one to probably pipe up and would have said his bit and would have calmed the situation down. And I'd like to say, you know, probably, you know, there's, there's new leaders in the group now. And and that was their time to shine, basically. Josh Adams, Thomas Williams, Adam Beard, those type of characters Now would probably be leading the team and that would be their time to shine. I think probably Gats would have directed them along that way and they both go hand in hand. When You wouldn't expect all the players to say one thing and the coaches say nothing. You'd like to think both of them would chip in with a little bit of something.
0: I'm guessing as well, Like Gats understands the magnitude of this weekend in terms of playing England and all that. And I'm guessing, as all coaches do, like, the bigger the game, the more that they thrive in that that week. You know, Steve being obviously English, Steve Borthwick, like he will know the magnitude of this game playing Wales, having played against them as a, as a player in Test Rugby. It means a lot to both sets of coaches as well. So it's, it's a huge week, mate. Like, I'm genuinely excited. And look at the the way that Wales played second half. It kind of, you think, cool, are they going to come at Twickenham and play that similar style? They're going to move it around. You know, are England going to play uh, rugby? Or are they going to try and sort of nullify Wales, thinking they're going to play, so therefore we're going to kick a lot and squeeze you? Like, uh, I'm intrigued.
2: I think for a Welshman, there's no better game to go into than getting our win against England. So um, you know Gatt is going to get that change room bouncing for the weekend and they're going to come firing. Ben, you know we like to get questions in from our listeners.
1: Um, If people want to send in questions to the pod, it's really easy. Just find us on socials for the love of rugby. This is a question from Alfie Brandt. He says, can you talk us through the back row battle this weekend? So tips, where do you want to start us off with this do you want to talk Tommy Riff
2: or Do you want to talk Aaron Wainwright? Where do you want to begin? No, interesting. Both sides of it, uh, especially considering like Ethan Roots is with us in the Ospreys last year. And even a few years ago, we had Sam Underell with us as well. So it's quite like interesting for me, looking at the qualities on both sides. And the one thing I'd probably say, especially with a back row, it's so important to have that balance. You can't just have all Jacklers or all blinking, line out forwards or what have you, it's all about the balance of the back row where you need your your hitters, you need your jacklers, you need your ball players, you need your carriers. You know, Wales are probably trying to find out a bit now with a few injuries and a few boys missing and England on the weekend looked like they had a good balance between Sam, Ben and uh, Ethan there, so knowing him, he's revved up for every, every game anyway, so it won't be any different, but probably a bit more special for him if he's making his home debut and Twickenham against Wales where... Obviously spent one or two years is uh, a pretty special debut for him in Twickenham. What's he like, Justin? Ah, oh, well, biggest thing for me probably is how much of a team player he was. Seeing You can see it every week that he's been doing it with Exeter. He just turns up all the time. wherever you need someone to step up for a carry, he'd be the first one to put his hand up. There's someone diving on the loose ball, it's him. Or if there's someone on his head where it hurts, he's the first one to do it as well. And he's, uh, he's a tough old boy and he's the first one. Someone does something good, he's the first one to tap him on the back someone does something bad he's the first one to pick you up as well so that's probably the little things that make a massive difference in the team and he brings the vibes and stuff which you see a lot that england do as well with marrow and stuff so he fits in beautifully with that side of it when you think about it like courtney
0: laws for me is one of the greatest back rows to have played six and that is huge shoes to fill right but as tips mentioned like that back row balance actually looked really good at the weekend you know this weekend will be a step up you know Wales coming to Twickenham is is huge, and that back row battle is going to be phenomenal. Like who can deal with Tommy Raphael at the breakdown and Wayne Wright as well, and his his running threat and all that. Like that that battle of the back row is going to go a long way in determining the game. To be honest, with you,
2: I think it showed to Tommy on the weekend with the first half, like how important his turnovers were, like changing the game, and you no, know, it made a massive difference. He had loads of big turnovers on the weekend. And, uh, and like I, I think it's special for him as well. And he when he plays against England, obviously against the Leicester boys and something, it probably means a little bit more to him as well. Especially you know playing his rugby in in Leicester Tigers.
0: As Tips mentioned straight away, he's going to be mad for this game. You know, playing against like your teammates, you you always squeeze a bit more. Like it's it makes you know somehow you make it more personal. Um, but in a good way, right? You just, you want the bragging rights. You want to be able to get stuck into your mates. You want to, are you going to, are you going to show any vulnerability? Are you even going to engage in them? I think what one, he's a fantastic player. You know, Wales have been blessed with back rowers. It's like, it's like New Zealand with wingers, right? they just, they're just like treadmill, like the next one comes, the next one comes and Wales just seem to just produce back rowers. And Tommy, I think has done a great job. You know, he's, he's sort of only broken in really in the last couple of years, but he was pretty influential in that second half as well in some of the turnovers, and I know Steve Borthwick obviously knows him very, very well. He will be talking about him all week about how we nullify him, how he doesn't get anywhere near the England ball and slow it down, or certainly doesn't get a, a jack. Or so lads will be flying in for sure to try and try and deal with his threat.
2: And like on about the balance, Aaron Wainwright probably one of the best games I've seen him out for a, in a Wales jersey. Really, just the nitty gritty stuff, especially the carries off kickoffs. They're not nice to do. And somehow he was getting over the game line every time and putting wheels on the front foot and it's easy to exit and easy to get into the game.
1: That is nice insight. In the second half of the pod, I think we should talk about how England will target Wales. We can talk about the Welsh front
0: row. Sound good, Ben? It sounds very good. Before we get into that, let's take a little ad break.
1: Tom, what are we kicking off with? I think, Ben, we should kick off with a cheeky stat. This is courtesy of Squid's Rugby. Right, get this. There was only one player over the age of 30 in the Wales 23 on the opening weekend. Compare that to Ireland who had 13 players over the age of 30 in their 23.
0: You look at that and it's probably Gats is kind of, it's a four-year project for him, isn't it? I'm guessing this will potentially be his last, like, you don't do another four years after this. So if you start 23, you know, they're going to be in the World Cup, 27s, 28s, give or take, it's going to be a very young team and it's a four-year probably idea of this. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Where do
1: you think, Ben, all right, if you were in the England camp and you were in the team meetings, where would you be looking to target Wales this weekend
0: You watch Wales first half and you think, right, there's plenty to target with their kick strat and your counter attack, uh, their backfield space Uh, they weren't necessarily getting off the line too hard, but then you watch them second half and then you're thinking, well hang on a minute, they look totally different so the analysis is actually quite difficult because you're not quite sure which one's coming because you've basically seen the worst of Wales and you've kind of seen the best of Wales in one game, so all you can do is prepare as if you're going to get them in that second half, which was a multi-phase team, moving the ball getting the ball to edges, going hard the breakdown, trying to create turnovers, trying to create sort of I suppose a bit of unstructured chaos and then you're thinking as England tactics like how do you deny that well they've obviously gone after this press defense with Felix Jones coming in and we saw that at the weekend so they'll be a bit they'll be better on the back of that if Wales want to get this edge and move the ball against this width England are thinking let's go really high cut it off step back in and we'll just take yards and yards off them and then in terms of uh, attack wise I think they'll just be smart England like get out of your half be really efficient and then try and make that into a bit of a set piece battle so Go to the air quite a lot Uh, from the contestable kicks. Try and win it. If you don't, if it's a knock on, no problems. We'll go to a set piece. Try and maul Wales, I think. And then as you get sort of into their half, I think they'll probably try and be really smart. Maybe three, four phases. If you've not got momentum, boom, ball goes in the air. Test their back three out. Obviously, Josh Adams is well established. They might go to Dyer's side and and try and target him. So, a bit of everything there. But I just think they'll prepare for Wales' second half, which was a multi phase team. So, big press defence, minimum rucks in our half because we don't want to get jackaled with Tommy Raphael Wainwright going at the ball and then in their half we want 3-4 phases, if we've not got momentum turn, them, turn into a bit of a set piece battle
2: what do you reckon, Tibbs? How are you stopping that, mate? You're not stopping that. It's going to be a rout. I do like the press defence. I think oh, it just creates turnovers. Um, I know it's a bit of a, a risk and a gamble. You can see Italy probably did their homework and started putting those crossfield kicks in early, expecting uh, England to get high out wide. So I think Wales will do a lot of kicking this weekend. Definitely do a lot of kicking. Be like low flat kicks to those spaces. And I think if I was England... Uh, we'll struggle that line out on the weekend and I think we've both the way he is as well he be licking his lips and thinking let's put a bit of pressure on that because we, we struggle to win some front football going into that game really Justin if we flip
1: it round and you're in the Welsh camp and they're looking at that England display against Italy what areas will Gatland and his team be looking to target?
2: Still a bit of bad in time with the press defence so you do have to trust your defence in it there can be a lot of errors so I think they will pick on that Especially at a, around the 13 channel, um, it's hard to make those des- those decisions. No, even Slade's a cracking player, whether he can make those decisions at such a high speed. Um, and I think they will challenge that.
0: I reckon you're right, Tip. So there, there, there is with this high press defence, and it is if you go multi phase, it's great. But I think there's going to be attacking kicks coming because also you don't want to go cross field kicks because if you go box kicking as well, you don't want to be kicking on Freddie Stewart like if you're Wales you're kicking on him he's going to catch him mate he's going to come down with the ball and England are in England yeah. in your half and we so. learned that they ever have, have you didn't we yeah you kicked everything to him and he, and you had man of the match like. but he's phenomenal at it right I mean he obviously like anyone drops the odd one but give him the kiss of death now but he's phenomenal at it so I don't see Wales potentially going into that box kick battle but I do see them going cross field and doing you know maybe playing Tompkins early the second um, ball player and then him kicking it because it invites that line even higher as the ball does one pass one more pass comes even higher and then looking in that space behind there because as good as the high press is that's probably an area where you can get caught out of so it'd be interesting to see whether whether Wales go after that
1: justin what are some of your favorite england wales moments and this can be i'm going to make this as wide as you want this can be something that you played in could be something that you maybe watched as a play wasn't involved. It could be something that you watched as a
2: kid. Probably first memory for me, Wales, England, um, was when Scott Gibbs scored that try, just as a kid. 99. I was, uh, yeah, 99. I was on tour, actually, with Trabana's RFC in Butlins. And I remember it like the other day, I was only a youngster. And uh, yeah, we were all around the little TV watching Scott Gibbs score that try. And yeah, having that feeling of, uh, you know, seeing the try and, and getting the victory. Um, and probably Ben mentioned it earlier for me. The best one was 2013, and it was probably more the the build-up. Um, obviously, we we lost our first game of the Six Nations to Ireland, and everyone was saying how rubbish we were and things. And then obviously to turn it around and come to the last game and have a slight chance of winning the Six Nations when when uh, Lenny and the boys are going for a Grand Slam. And I think uh, that week, Stuart Lancaster and a few of the boys are a little bit outspoken in the press saying how they were probably gonna steamroll us up front I think the words were and we had a video on the on the bus going into the stadium of everything that had been said in the press that week and going into the stadium was how they are going to outmuscle us and bully us up front so the boys going into that game had a lot of motivation there was a lot of videos watched and I remember just going out in the warm up and the stadium was full in the warm-up and everything was being sung like Delilah the lot and it was one of those atmospheres that you'll never ever forget special days to be involved in
0: that was one of the hardest days to be involved in to be honest with you but one thing you, <laughs> one thing you look back <laughs> on games like that is you kind of my god it makes you appreciate what an amazing fan base because that that's the bits you'll miss right like I don't miss like I won't miss the weeks leading up to a test match I won't miss any of that but it's like that atmosphere that occasion that the consequences on the lines like you say like even warming up tips like the place was electric you can just sense it you know like how you just you just pick it up like a sixth sense and like that day was awful from an england perspective but equally it shaped many of us and like it was an amazing sort of experience to to be a part of that we played you on a friday night as well i think a couple of years later we had obviously the tunnel standoff that was a good one which we discussed with with mike brown earlier in the week actually
2: i think it was at the back so i was just like what the hell's going on there like really you don't really Understand it, type thing, it? and yeah, it was just one of them. It was just a bit random. I remember looking forward, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Uh,
0: oh, one thing I want to touch on is you scored two tries at Twickenham in 2020, but one of them from the kickoff was an absolute cracker. So where does that one rate? Because that was that was got Wales well straight back into the game. It was straight after the half, it was straight after half time tips. I think it was literally from the yeah, kickoff from half time. Yeah, wasn't it? it
2: was. Yeah, we didn't have a great first half. So, um, did, did you do the speech, mate? No, <laughs> no, no. Did no, you no. do the,
0: the pre get the, the half time speech? Like, lads, just give me the fucking <laughs> ball. I'll do the rest, right? Just just catch the kickoff and sling it to me and I'll, I'll take it from here, boys.
2: Definitely As you could see, it, it was um, no, I'm not just saying it, it was a great team try. I think that's why it was so good. Boys did most of the work and I was just blinking lazy as hell just running straight line in the midfield and the ball came straight to me so I can't really take much credit when you look the work the other boys done and I'm literally just running a straight line up the field praying and hoping it's going to come this way otherwise I'm going to have to run all the way over the other side to clean the ruck out you're too modest
0: mate you were running an unbelievable flankers line
2: yeah my favourites
0: was when Elliot
2: Daly scored right at the death it wasn't that like a long kick when it? it was like kept on the field by Foxy Jonathan Davis Foxy yeah we had a big meeting about that Oh he had a big
0: left foot and he's hit it off the left foot and i'm seeing everyone saying kick it off but Gats is a big man of keeping the ball in play right don't give england line out so he's kept this ball in and what's so great about that try is it's like 77 76 minute or something like that is the execution skill level of players still under that pressure, that fatigue in those key moments. Because the pass from Ford to Farrell is an absolute beaut. And then the pass from Faz to Elliot Daly, he doesn't break stride. He gets on a slight overs. Then he goes around cuffbutt it is just unbelievable. And that sense of like winning it at the death, at the Principality against Wales, like... Unbelievable moment. That that for me is my favourite, favourite moment. God bless Elliot Daly.
1: I am going to fire in a couple more listener questions and these are specific to you, Justin. These have come in on the usual social places. First question is from Ollie Bailey. Olly would like to know, Justin, why
2: the blue scrum cap? Well, there's a bit of a story to it. Um, when I was a kid, I did have a black and red one first. My mother was a bit and looking after the years or what have you, growing up. So I had a black and red one and then ended up breaking... And Toronto, side of sea, playing like a light blue slash navy kit. So um, when I went to get the second one, my mother was a bit thing, oh, you got to get one to match the kit, basically. And ever since, I think I was about 10 or 12 or something along those lines, uh, I had a blue one to match the kit of Toronto's. Uh, nice story there, you go, Oli. And a question from Lewis for your tips. Uh,
1: Lewis says, we've seen you chip and chase. What is your success rate when kicking from the tee, <laughs>
2: I actually haven't had a kick off a tee in a game yet, which is a little bit disappointing. But um, yeah, hopefully there's still time for one kick off a tee. Give me like a sort of what's your range? What's the outer edge of your range, do you reckon? I'm more worried about in front of the
1: post, to be fair. It's a higher tariff embarrassment, isn't oh,
2: it? Ah, that's, that's what I mean. Put me out wider. I gotta, I'm got. i happier out on the angle wider because otherwise I'll bottle it in front of the post and I can't handle that tips thanks for joining mate thank you very much thank you very much gents pleasure you'll be
0: licking your wounds on saturday night as england are going to do the business at twickenham mate so uh enjoy that beer mate it'll be a lonely beer saturday night and i'll be enjoying mine cheers bud uh cheers gents thank you very much appreciate that brilliant insight to the welsh camp and the ideas of where they're going to be at this weekend in twickenham tom thank you sir as always the podcast king it is my pleasure ben nice to see you tips if this is your first episode, there are five other episodes you can listen to. Go and have a listen to me and Dan Cole talking about Game Day. It is probably one of my favourites we've done so far. If you want other podcasts to listen to, go and tune in to Tom and Joe Marler on Things People Do. If you want a podcast without adverts, go to Amazon Music. Hit the follow button on your podcast app. Follow us on social. Get your questions in after the game this weekend and we will be back Monday morning. For the love of of rugby. Sports Social Podcast Network.